Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is Sunday, Easter, April 21st, 2019, 7-11 p.m. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. <laughs> Happy Easter to everybody out there in Bucks world. Before we get to the information of the day, let's get our fact checks and follow-ups out of the way. We've got two follow-ups. We did pretty good last podcast, I guess. Kyler Murray, the quarterback who is expected to go number one overall, is listed as five foot ten on NFL.com, which is going to make him the shortest quarterback in the league. Wow, that's small. You heightest. For a quarterback, for an, anyone in the NFL. That's true. If he wins the Super Bowl, he will be the shortest quarterback to have ever won the Super Bowl. Where's he expected to go? To the Cardinals? Yeah, but who knows? They've got all kinds of stuff going on down there. Nobody's nobody's sure. Follow up number two. We talked about the ex-NFL players who were doing the curling team trying to get into the 2020 Beijing Olympics. The curling team is called the All-Pro Curling Team. It includes Vikings defensive lineman Jared Allen. He's the one who started it. Rams ex-quarterback Mark Bolger. Titans linebacker Keith Bullock and tackle Michael Roos. Their goal, of course, is to compete in the 2020 Olympics in Beijing. So far, they've been getting their butt whoops. I don't know a whole lot about curling and how it's scored and everything, but, I mean, from what I've seen, they're kind of holding their own, but they are getting stomped. But they're seeing it as a uh, learning experience. They played the world champions a couple months ago and got beat, but got beat about the same as the team that played the world champions in the Olympics. So, I don't I don't know. The score was like 13 farthing to two <laughs> pennies. I don't know, man. The score didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> Sounds like Harry Potter money or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally in curling, if you get so far ahead, you can go ahead and call the game or the, the losing team can forfeit, whatever. It seems to be quite common practice. But in this game, they decided not to do that so that the all-pro curling team made up of ex-NFL players could get more reps. And the the guys playing on the, the curling team, the NFL guys, just talk about the difference in how the curling team players are as compared to football players. You know, the curling team members are, are extremely helpful. They're like giving them equipment and pointers and all that. And they said I'm sorry, that would, the opposing team? Yes. Yes. They actually showed up in one of the, they, they said there's still a lot of trash talking, but they showed up for one match and the opposing team said their brushes were so bad that they actually went and got them new ones and gave them to them. I guess that's the difference between Canadian sports and American sports. I don't know. Have you ever seen hockey? Fair enough. I wonder what made them go to curling. I guess just perennial competitors. Yeah, that sounds like it. They just can't stop competing. Could you imagine having one of those in your family? That's a that'd be as bad as having a comedian in your family. I just feel like comedians would be so hard to be around. Well, I've heard comedians gripe that people that they encounter in everyday life will just tell them, like, oh, say something funny and expect them to just drop it on a dime like that. Yes. And it's really difficult to do. Could you imagine how hard... So say you're a plumber and you encounter some people and they're like, hey, fix my pipes. You know, it'd be so annoying. Sidetrack, but I listened to Kevin Hart interview on Joe Rogan and 
Kevin Hart was talking about how long it takes him to perfect a routine. Mm -hmm. And he'll come up with material and then he'll just go to random small comedy clubs around the country and figure out what hits and what doesn't and develop it from there. He says it takes about a year and a half to come up with a routine. Yes. That he, and then he can tour using that routine, but it takes a lot to actually come up with the material. Yes. And I've always said that being around the artists, basically, musicians, comedians, stuff like that, would be absolutely horrible because they're always looking for material. And if you screw up, you are going to be part of their material. I mean, could you imagine being dating a musician and then you break up with them and they write a song like when known as Big Brown Beaver or... Um. Atlantis Morissette. Yes. I mean, come on now. Taylor Swift, every boyfriend she's ever had. Right. Never date a musician. <laughs> That's the lesson today. It's really been slow this weekend with Butts news, except for Reggie Cobb passed away. Yeah, I've said here. 50 he years old. He was young, yeah. yeah. Do we know what he No, I was going to ask you that. I, I didn't look it up. He was with the team for, what, four years in the early 90s? Do you remember him? No. That was before your time. Before my time. But other than that, we haven't really had a whole lot of Bucks news. I think it's quieting down in preparation for the draft. Yeah, this whole quiet is going to end here in about four days. The calm before the storm. Yeah. Did you hear Mike Mayock and John Gruden sent all their scouts away? Yes, I did. I don't know. Is that unusual? You know, I don't. I don't. Or is it just a control thing? I would think that's Mike Mayock's strong suit. He's always been a draft analyst. Mm -hmm. I think that it's more common than is led on, but because Gruden and Mayock are such big names that anything they do is going to be magnified into the in the media. And they've had such a bizarre offseason anyway. In a bizarre last year, too. Yeah, but Mike Mayock wasn't there then, but Gruden no. was. The I think that with the drafts nowadays, that generally just the GM, maybe the coaches and the owners are about the only ones that get to see the final draft board. Mm. That makes sense, too, because you don't want it leaking out. No. There's going to be 23 crews. There's going to be 23 teams that have cameras in their war room, and the Bucks are one of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, There's going, the Pewter Report is going to have a live stream at one Buccaneer place for the entirety of the draft. We were going to do a live stream, but then we saw that, and we were like, well, we'll go ahead and let them do it. We don't, we don't want to take away their wind. <laughs> That's definitely it. Maybe next year. Yeah, so on more. draft day, if you don't have anywhere to go, but you want to spend it with some Buccaneer fans online, go to uh, pewterreport.com, and they're going to have a live feed, video feed. Right at One Buck Place. But will Jason Light and our team, they'll be in Nashville for the draft, right? I don't think so. They're at One Buck Place? I don't know. That's a good question. It's always seemed like... I've always felt like they've done it from their offices. Right, and you just phone it in. Yeah, you just phone it in. I don't know. Wow. Why do we have a podcast again? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything. I know. We're going to call this the Big Dummy Podcast. Speak for yourself. I know everything. Since it's been such a slow news day weekend, I thought we'd talk about our division opponents and see where they are and their draft needs. So we'll do kind of a pre-draft update. Okay. I think the last free agency Know Your Enemy podcast we did was back in March. So it's been about a month. And some of them have had some movement. Some haven't. Atlanta has done more in free agency, but they're signing a bunch of scrubs. 
except for Adrian Claiborne. They brought him back on a one-year, $2 million deal, which that just seems absurdly low. Yes, it does. To me. Maybe he's going to retire, you know, after next year. I don't know. Who's he going to retire with? Atlanta. Like, maybe he wants to retire Falcon. But they re-signed one of their wide receivers, Justin Hardy, and a linebacker, Kamal Ishmael. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> they signed a guard, Adam Geddes, who was actually with the Bucks in 2018, but released in September of 2018. So he didn't actually play during the season. Is Adam Geddes a starter with Atlanta? No, I think he's going to give them a little bit of depth. Okay. They also signed Chris Cooper, a safety from the Colts. Uh, this one's a longer term deal. It's two years, $1.8 million, really? As well as a safety, Afalabi Laguda, that came from the Rams. And he's also on a two-year, $1.8 million deal. It's amazing some of these NFL player names. Afalabi. I've never heard that name before. I haven't either. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Afalabi. But he's a Falcon, so it's actually stupid. <laughs> you suck. Um, they got a defensive tackle, Tyler Davison, from the Saints. Defensive end, Chris Odom from Green Bay. He didn't play with Green Bay last year. He was waived in September. Guard, John Wetzel. He came from Arizona. And defensive end, Rashid Hagman, which this one's interesting. He was a second-round pick with Atlanta. He was waived in Atlanta September 2017, like early in the season, and shortly thereafter was suspended six games for violating the league's conduct policy for domestic violence. And he didn't play at all in the league in 2018. It's interesting. Huh. So they're giving him a second shot, I guess. Yeah, well, second round pick, got to kind of pamper those guys a little bit. Right. So their current cap situation, the top 51, it's they've got 2.7 million available. Yeesh. Yeah, but the whole team, it, they're in the hole, negative 4.5 million. So, but again, the cap space only counts with your top 51, so they only have free 2.7 million. So they got to drop somebody. They got to do something to sign their new draft class. Yeah, that's. About seven million. Yeah. Is that about what it is? So I think so. They're going to have to clear up nine million about? Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully they'll cut Julio Jones. Yeah. That's, that's really what I think they should do. That I think be the so smart too. Thing. We'll trade Gerald McCoy for Julio Jones. I can't tell you how many times Ralph has brought up Julio Jones in the last like week. <laughs> He's on a kick. I told him I'm going to buy him a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we were just now watching the Atlanta Falcons week 17 game at Buccaneers. There's a play there. One thing I really like about Julio Jones, he's the most physical receiver in the NFL. The guy is always hitting somebody, it seems like. And there's one play in Week 17 where he just decleated who was it, Whitehead? Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis. Yeah, he got flagged for it. For it was a cheap line. shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was. <laughs> he, did. he laid him out, though. Well, Atlanta has a lot of holes, but... Lucky for them, they have nine draft picks. What? They got two compensatory picks after the NFL determined that four players lost by the Falcons, Adrian Claiborne, Taylor Gabriel, Don Terry Poe, and Andre Roberts were of greater value than the two free agents the team gained which were uh, right guard Brian Fusco and tight end Logan Paulson. I will never understand comp compensatory draft picks, the whole scheme behind it. 
I know there are a couple people out there on the planet that admit that they do, and maybe they do. <laughs> but the rest of us don't know enough to be able to call them on. <laughs> yeah. So they've got their first round, they pick 14th overall. Second round, they pick 45th. Third round, they pick 79th. Fourth round, they pick number 117th, and then they get another pick 137th. So they have two fourth round picks. And then they also have two fifth round picks. They've got number 52 overall and then number one, I mean, 152 overall and 172 overall. Then in the sixth round, they pick 186, seventh, 230. So they're, they're middle of the pack in all their picks. First round, they're 14th. Second round, 45th. Third round, 79th. That's right in the middle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But they've got a lot of needs. So top of the list is offensive line. Matt Ryan last season was sacked 42 times, which was the eighth most in the NFL and second most in Matt's career. Wow. Yeah. He was hit 113 times in all. Third most in the league, oddly enough, tied with Tampa Bay. Ain't that something. Ain't that something. Tackle is likely a priority. The starting guards are set. Um, and center, Alex Max. Alex Mack is the starter, and then Adam Geddes, who was the Bucks' former guard, can play center, but they may draft a young guy that they can develop. Defensive end, the addition of Claiborne added some stability, but they still might draft somebody in the later rounds um, just because he's on a short-term deal. They don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of longevity there. Makes sense. But Is that going to be their top priority, defensive end? I think offensive line. Okay. Yeah, at 14, you can draft an offensive lineman and not look too stupid. Right. Um, an early pick would make sense for the defensive line just because they don't have anybody that is a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. And, and this, so so I hear, this draft is stacked defensively, with defensive, li- defensive yeah. linemen. So maybe they will on 14. Or right. they might trade up and try to get somebody. Yeah, that was discussed as a possibility. Um, they also don't have a second option to go with Grady Jarrett, so they could draft a defensive tackle. However, they have a lot of depth at that position. Okay. So they picked up a lot in free agency. Cornerback, they also have a long-term need here. Really? Yeah. Running back, they've got four on the roster. They may draft one in later rounds. Remember, they lost Tevin Coleman. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the wide receiver group is pretty well set. They've got a lot of depth there, but they may consider drafting a speed guy. Okay. So they're prioritizing talent over need in the draft. That's what the general manager has said. Really? And he's actually said there was a moment where he realized who they're going to take, so they've got somebody in mind. Ooh. Yeah. I hope they don't get it. Me too. (laughs) It just totally deflates the whole mood. So that's it for Atlanta. Next, we've got the Panthers. And they signed a bunch of scrubs. So I was talking to my brother. He is a Panthers fan. And I was kind of getting on him about that. He said there's several that came from the AAF. Really? Yeah. I don't know which ones. I got a little lazy when I was doing this. They got a tight end, Dylan Gordon. He came from Kansas City. They re-signed a running back, Cameron Artis Payne. They signed a receiver, Rashad Ross, who came from Arizona. And also, he he was one of the AAF players. They got 
a guard, Kid O'Brien, he came from the Browns, was waived in 2017 by the Browns, and then was an exclusive rights free agent in 2018, but the Browns didn't pick him up. But nobody else could sign him. Hmm. Or nobody else did sign him. Another guard, Parker Collins, was with the Steelers in 2018 and then waived in August of 2018, so he didn't actually play with them. They picked up defensive tackle Destiny Veo. Destiny? Destiny. That sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> you would know, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they need Destiny and Cinema. Cinnamon on the defensive line. Or candy. Or candy. candy. Candy's the best. <laughs> Destiny was on the Jets' practice squad in November 2018. Then he was promoted to the active roster in December. They signed tackle Brandon Green, who was with the Bears in 2018, but waived in September of 2018. So there's kind of a pattern here. They're getting all these scrub guys that didn't make the final roster. And these guys probably won't make the final roster either. Yeah, probably. Just bouncing around. Yeah. Um... Defensive tackle T.J. Barnes. He was with Kansas City from 2016 to 17. He was waived in 2017. Then was a restricted free agent in 2018, but not picked up by the team. They signed a tight end, Thomas Duerte. He came from the Chargers. He was on their practice squad last season. This one's a fun one. They picked up wide receiver Chris Hogan from New England. They signed him for a one-year, $1.45 million deal. Wow, that sounds cheap. I love it, though, because anyone from New England never performs (laughs) outside of New England. And their wide receiver core is kind of their weak link anyway. Mm. So you're going to add someone who's likely going to be mediocre. Defensive tackle Kyle Love was re-signed by the team. And then Luke Keekley, they didn't drop him, unfortunately. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. He restructured his deal. So he converted $9.05 million to a bonus, which cleared $7.24 million in cap space this year. Now, he did the same thing last year. Hmm. So definitely a team player looking to help the team out. I still hate him. Their cap situation for the top 51, they've got $9.6 million available. But for the entire roster, they're in the hole $3.57 million. But again, top 51, that's the only one that really matters. So they've got enough to sign as draft class. They have seven picks in the draft. They did get a compensatory pick in the third round, and they don't have a seventh rounder. So they pick in the first round number 16. Second round, they pick number 47. Third round, they pick number 77 and 100. Fourth round, they pick 115th. Fifth round, they pick 154th. And sixth round, they pick 187th. Yeah, once again, it's all middle of the pack. Yeah, basically. Interesting. They need offensive linemen. Clearly, Cam needs some protection after having had his second shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. It's definitely their weak link. They haven't committed to a left tackle yet, so there's a lot of talk about perhaps Jonah Williams going to the Panthers. But they're also saying that they need a defensive end, an edge rusher, which this is a common theme in our division. Pretty much everyone said that. Yes, well, we they lost... Julius Peppers. Yes, Julius Peppers. Well, apparently that was the weakest link for Carolina West. And there was the argument that the team has signed a center, Matt Paradis, to the offensive line, so the edge rusher should be their next immediate need. There's some argument there. Of course, they're all 
back and forth. They did sign defensive end Bruce Irvin, but only to a one-year deal, so they may need someone on the line with some longevity with the team as well. Safety, they've got Eric Reed, but there was the argument that they needed someone on the other side of him. And then guard was another position that they need some upgrades. And there was a debate about drafting a quarterback, which Mm. I love. I wish they would. (laughs) I know, me too. Get some good quarterback controversy going up in Carolina. Exactly. Because you know Cam Newton would just pout. He would. I'd like to see a whole season of Cam Newton pouting again. Love that. Put a towel over his head. What do you mean I'm not the best quarterback ever that's been on this team? That makes me sad. I'm not talking to anybody. That's exactly how he That's talks how he to sounds, yeah. too. I've it's, watched his press especially, conferences. Especially when he's got the towel over his head. Yeah, it comes out like that. So the, the offensive line and the defensive line were the two biggest, most consistent needs across all the analysts. Hmm. New Orleans Saints, on the other hand, I hate those fuckers. <laughs> <They've>, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Molly. <laughs> They're so stacked. They only made one free agent signing in the last month. It was their cornerback, P.J. Williams. They re-signed him. Their cap situation is fine. They've got $8.989 million. So almost $9 million. That's the top 51 for the whole roster. It's $3.7 million. But they only have one draft pick in the first four rounds. Ooh. Yeah. So their first pick, they traded to the Green Bay Packers in 2018. They moved up to get DeMarcus Davenport. Round two, they picked 62nd overall. Round three, they traded to the Jets for Teddy Bridgewater. Round four, they traded to the Giants for Eli Apple. Round five, they have two picks. Um, 168th overall and 177th overall that came from the Jets in the Teddy Bridgewater trade. Round six, they've they pick 202nd overall. Round seventh, they've got two picks. One from the Cleveland Browns that's 231st overall, and then they pick 244th overall. Hmm. So one pick in the first four rounds. Right. First five rounds. Yes. But they don't have any glaring needs. I've run articles that lobbied for every single position on the team that they could potentially upgrade in. But, but nothing, nothing drastic. So disappointing. I hate the Saints. Right? Defensive tackle, they've made the most additions at this position, but they might need something more long-term and more rotational guys. So Sheldon Rankins injured his Achilles in the playoffs, and David Onyemata is under a one-year contract. There are two other starters, so could potentially get some more depth there. Wide receiver, Michael Thomas is really their only exceptional receiver. The rest of them kind of had issues getting open at times last season, so they may consider an upgrade there. Tight end, they have one starter, Jared Cook. He's 32, so getting up there. They've got Josh Hill, Garrett Griffin, and Dan Arnold behind him. So, Not really a glaring need, but you could draft a guy that you develop that would be ready to play in a few years. And the argument for that is that he's in a really no-pressure situation right now. 
Like, they don't need him. He could have time to slowly get used to speed of the game and his role and the offense. And so he'd be ready in a couple years. O- offensive line, they've got an elite offensive line. Right. But they suffered some injuries from in the playoffs to their line. Armstead had a pec injury. Pete had a hand injury. Max Unger, he's gone. They got Easton on his place. And Ramchek had a shoulder. So... They had some injury issues. They were beat up towards the end of last season. And then Pete is scheduled to be a free agent after the 2019 season. So maybe you draft a couple guys that you can develop and have some depth. Safety, they don't have a lot of depth there. Von Bell is in the final year of his rookie contract. Apparently, he's not worth franchise tagging. So they'd have to bid against everyone else in the league to keep him. Who knows how that would go. And the only depth behind Bell and free safety Marcus Williams is Chris Banjo, who's a career-long backup. Banjo. Banjo. It's <laughs> exactly how they sound. The dueling You're like spot on with these impersonations <laughs> today. And then again, an edge rusher. The Saints only activate three defensive ends on game day. So depth really isn't that crucial, but they lost Alex Okafor. And so their current rotation has some question marks. Marcus Davenport, who they traded up with the Packers to pick him, is coming off a late-season Achilles injury. Mario Edwards Jr., he's not explosive on the edge, and he looks more comfortable playing on the inside. You can tell I got this from an article. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't come up with this myself. (laughs) And then they had a... Their 2017 third rounder, Trey Hendrickson, really didn't show any splashes last season. So the only stable defensive end on the roster is Cameron Jordan. So you can make the case for getting an edge rusher this year. Although I don't know how many will still be available. I know this draft class is pretty deep defensively, but... You don't pick till the fourth round. Yeah, it looks like the Saints are going to be the same Saints as they were last year. I think so. Uh, The Panthers, their running game is going to be a little bit different with their running backs coach leaving. And Atlanta, you know, they lost one of their starting running backs. Kevin Coleman. But they look like they're pretty much going to be the same team. Also, on the other hand, we're going to be a totally different team. Well, except for our offense. I mean, it's still going to be the Eric Coriel throw it downfield offense. I think it's going to be more underneath stuff too, but uh, we lost two of our starting wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys. Our offensive line really is about the only thing that's going to stay the same. Our defense is going to be totally different, not necessarily the players, but the scheme. So we're the only ones in the division that have shaken things up. Wow. That's good for us. Maybe. When when you're at the bottom. Yeah, that's (laughs) The best you can do is just shake things up. <laughs> that's true. As Taylor Swift would say, shake it off, shake it off. That's exactly how she sings. Spot on. Spot on. All right. So the draft is coming up in one, two, three, four days. Thursday. What time does it start? Eight? I think so. I'm excited. Me too. I'm going to get drunk. Yeah, that's the plan. Here's what I hope doesn't happen, but at the same time, I hope it does happen. But at the same time, I don't really care. You sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait. It takes forever for them to go through these draft picks, too. And we're fifth. And then after the fourth one's picked, we find out that we've traded down to, like, the 20th. That's, like, the worst. That it's is like, so annoying. <laughs> it is. It's like, you, it's like getting ready to climax and then your mom walks in the room. Wow. <laughs> Has that happened often? Or? <laughs> Come on. That's a good analogy, though. Oh, man. Right? Maybe we should start a new podcast. <laughs> 
some of your stories here. Uh, it's totally threw you off. Yeah, I'm flabbergasted <laughs> over here. You had a thought? We are going to have Greg Allman on the podcast. Wednesday. Wednesday. The Wednesday podcast. We're, we record Tuesday. We record Tuesday evening, so it'll be up Wednesday. Good old Greg. So he's going to give us some pre-draft analysis. He's going to teach us how to do this thing for real. <laughs> We're very excited. I like Greg. Or should I call him Mr. Almond? You can ask him what his preference. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will talk to you again on Wednesday, the day before the draft. And get excited, Buccaneer fans out there. We got some good football stuff coming up. But until then, go Bucks.